I want to see what that dad bod can do out there. Not buying your banjos around the campfire. Shove them up your ass. It's football and other F words. It's Michael Gillum. It's Zach Lyons. We're back here with you just because it's the off season and the Super Bowl is this weekend and I'm about half excited to watch it. I really just kind of don't care. Are you going to a Super Bowl party? No. I haven't gotten, maybe I'm just not invitable at this point for Super Bowl parties, <laughs> but I, I haven't heard of any anybody throwing a Super Bowl party. Everyone seems, like my brother was the first one to bring it up. And I could tell he was kind of, you know, asking about whether or not there was anything going on. And that's what it kind of dawned on me. I was like, it, just what you said. I've not been invited to any, and I don't really know anyone that cares. I think, I think people in middle Tennessee, people in Tennessee are pretty fucking bummed about football. Well, I, I, you know, we'll get into it a little bit, but my favorites are, you know, you know, you're going to see these tweets, right? This should have been the Titans. You're going to see those tweets all day on Sunday. Uh, This should have been the Titans because it automatically means that the Titans beat the Bengals. They automatically beat the chiefs because that's how life works. Nothing else could ever happen. These two teams are so beatable. And, I, and, and again, I know we lost one of them, but it's very frustrating. All right, pass that. I'm not, I'm not going back down that road again. I'm just going to watch football on Sunday. It's going to be over. And in six weeks, I'm going to be pissed off that we don't have football. How are okay. you doing, Zach? I'm doing good. I got, <laughs> I got another side note for you here. Okay, side, right. side topic. I learned today <clears throat> that what I've always thought that Skyline Chili was, how it was constructed, is a lie. Skyline chili itself is just hot dog sauce or meat sauce. It is it, noodles are not a requirement. See, I've always been under the assumption that noodles are a requirement. However, it's not a chili. It's just meat no, sauce. It's a meat like sauce paste soup. It's actually the way it's made is very disgusting. It's very unappealing if you ever watch how it's made. I am very tempted to enter in this chili cook-off if I could find the time at Nissan Stadium for the polar plunge thing because I want to be able to show people what actual chili is. Not this Skyline Cincinnati shit and not this <laughs> other stuff that I see a couple of accounts post where it looks like pork and bean soup. Like, give me give me a break. Well, I mean, like Real the, chili. The first thing you're going to do when you make chili, right, is either brown the meat or brown the vegetables. You're going to brown both at some point, but you're trying to add flavor to the main component before you add liquid. Skyline chili, they take water, bring it to a boil, and put in a couple of pounds of ground beef. Just think how disgusting that sounds. Right? They can even use beer. Like, I mean, if you're going to do something, do something with flavor. It's so gross. You're just rendering fat in boiling water. It's already, I mean, Fat me doesn't want to eat that. That sounds so disgusting. Like, I'm okay, because, like, now that I know that's just meat sauce, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Put it on a hot dog, you know, put it on whatever you else you want to put it on, because that's literally what it is. But people t- calling it chili, just, it drives me nuts. And I get that there's chili dogs, but it's not beans. Like, to me, chili needs some beans. It needs substance, not just... Ground beef, water, cinnamon, and uh, what the, the fuck else? Oh, chocolate. That's yeah. what's in Skyline Chili. I don't need all that. Like, no. give me the peppers, give me the beans, give me the meat, whether it's white chicken chili or you do some steak and beef. I mean, give me some substance. And I'm an award-winning, not only award-winning podcast host, but I'm an award-winning chili maker, chili brewer, chili stewer. I don't know. Chillier. A chili, a chili, chili philosopher i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this what do you call a uh a, a sous chef if you're a chili chef. i'm fucking this up we're three I, minutes into this before i'm chef de cuisine of chili chef de cuisine is we that what four it is? minutes of james beard award-winning chef <laughs> and it's coming apart it's off um, season baby this is when our all of our podcasts eventually just derail into madness is the off season we actually have things to talk about we do and we have some substance to get to on aaron Rodgers on John Robinson and Mike Vrabel quite a bit to get to. So I'm, I'm just going to kick it off there. Um, Vrabel and Robinson um, just had extensions announced uh, today, as you're listening to this, correct, on Tuesday. Well, you'll be listening to this on Wednesday, but we recorded this on Tuesday. 
Uh, a few hours ago, the team announced it. I don't see any numbers attached to it. Am I correct on that? Uh, I, I was kind of looking for the years, but I ha- I just kind of gave up looking for it. But you're, you're not going to see any numbers more than likely salary-wise or anything, but I'm sure it's probably like a two, three-year, five-year extension. I'll see if we can find that. I wish you wouldn't have asked. I'll look. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I'm asking you this question because I think I know the answer. But what's your gut reaction? I mean, it was it's coming, right? Um, yeah. You know, unless you're Chad Forbes of NFL Draft Bites, who said that they were heading for divorce, you know, earlier in 2021. This was <laughs> obviously coming. Yeah, it was obviously, obviously going to happen. Uh, yeah. I don't think years have been announced, by the way. By the time of this recording, years have not been announced. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, it's, it's exactly what you needed, right? I mean, I know some people, it wasn't really on anybody's radar that their contract was up, like, as a big talking point. Because to me, it's not a big talking point because everybody expected it to happen. You know, you, John Robinson has now, I think, six winning seasons off the top of my head, 16, 17, 18, 19. 21. Yeah, six seasons, and Vrabel's been the majority of them. It was, it was, it was bound to happen. Now, here's the thing: spare me these articles about you know that the Super Bowl window now is automatically open for a long time, and blah blah. Look, they still got some work to do on this on this team because not two weeks ago or three weeks ago, most people shut the the Super Bowl window. So now, just because they put some ink to paper on something that was automatically already going to be happening here soon, it oh, Super Bowl's wide open now that they signed two guys that don't even play for the fucking team on Sundays. Like, give me a break with the with these takes. I, I get that it's a big thing, and, and it's a great thing for Titans fans, and it's a positive thing. This is a positive thing for a team to keep cohesiveness together in the front office and coach, especially when it produces a winning product. But you all want Tannehill gone and you all want, you know, Todd Downing gone and blah, blah. Well, the two guys that are responsible for both those things, they're extended. So like, I, mean, just I, took, don't, I don't, I don't just know took what the words out of my mouth. You can't, you can't have it both ways. The Super Bowl window is not automatically back open because the team kept the GM who, and we're going to get to in a minute, has emphatically, short of tattooing it on his face, told you that Ryan Tannehill is going to be his starting quarterback. You can't have both. Yeah, I, 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 I don't understand the need to write these write articles or put out content or stuff like that that has to be so definitive, like, it is open. Well, yeah. it never was really closed, but they still have quarterback issues or quarterback questions, I guess I should say. They still have offensive line questions. They still have what's going to happen with Harold Landry. I mean, before you know it, at before the end of April, there will be fire J-Rob and fire Vrabel tweets locked and loaded because of something they did in the off season or something they didn't do in the off season. And all these people who are so happy are going to be all mad again. Like I, I am happy, but this has nothing to do in my opinion with the Super Bowl window, because it's still, it was always open because these guys were always going to be here. So if they are the reason that the Super Bowl window is open now, then what was it two weeks ago? Like, <laughs> I mean, you knew this contract was coming. These extensions were coming. It, look, save your rage for <laughs> when the Titans drafted O-Line in the first round, because that's when we're going to hear it again. But no, like my reaction to it is, I, I mean, if you're a Titans fan, you've enjoyed the success that you've had over the last several years. You got to be happy about this. I mean, Mike Vrabel being extended, complete no-brainer. Not, not that one over the other really is a surprise, but... Mike Vrabel, especially. I mean, if you read, there, there was an article, I think, yesterday in The Athletic about uh, The Athletic actually does this really cool article each year where they do this like um, anonymous poll of like, I think it's 25 players um, at the Pro Bowl where they basically just ask them a wide range of topics in the league from COVID protocols to who's the, you know, best defensive player in the league in your mind. But one of the questions they asked was, what coach? would you want to play for? Like, who's the most popular coach in the NFL to you? And Mike Vrabel was second only to Mike Tomlin. 
and there really came as no Makes surprise. Sense. Matter of, yeah. was it Dar- was it Darius Leonard from the Colts that basically? If you're a Colts fan, this should piss you off. He came right out and said, "Dude, I'm so glad you asked me about Brabel." Basically, this guy's the shit. You'd love playing for him. Look how he's interacting with people here at the Pro Bowl. But it's no surprise. NFL players love playing for Mike Vrabel outside competition, like what they see out of him. And John Robinson took this team out of the absolute gutter and and built it to what you see in front of you. It's not perfect. They've got a lot of pieces they've got to address. But that's every team in the league. Even the two teams that are in the Super Bowl, they've got problems. They just happen to manage and mitigate their problems long enough to beat enough teams to get into the Super Bowl. So this is the good combo. This was a no-brainer, and it should make you excited. Well, I also look at it this way. You know, you talk about the Pro Bowl and the uh, the players have emphatically came out. And I don't know if you watched the clips leading up to the Pro Bowl of the different practices that Mike Vrabel was holding. There were some on the uh, the Titans' official Twitter account. Fantastic stuff. Way more yeah. interesting than the actual dog shit turd Ugh. of the, the Pro Bowl itself, which I, I did not watch. You know why? Well, the, you know, you only have yourself to blame, and I, I do. do. I feel zero sympathy for you. You should. <laughs> but... You know, unless you're Isaiah Wilson or Tyson Brelo, people love playing for this team. Yeah. The players love playing for this team. And I, I it's a it's good for the future, but it doesn't guarantee anything. And you know, this is a team, and let's go ahead and get into it. This is a GM that has emphatically said <laughs> to Tehran, or I guess whispers around in the Titans thing, uh leaked to Tehran to, to because uh, John Robson didn't. But Tehran reported on Friday, and then shortly after that, uh, Ben Arthur put something out from a sit-down with John Robinson. And it says, I don't know how many more times I got to say it. Tannehill has been extremely efficient and all this stuff and just basically said he is our guy. Guys, I don't know what to tell you other than Tannehill's the guy. Do I think that they probably sat in a room and pitched around ideas to trade for Aaron Rodgers or to trade for Russell Wilson and say, hey, let's let's put together some hypothetical? Sure. Every GM in the league probably has done that for, I bet, 90% of the league. But Tannehill's your guy. He's, he's building this team in the offseason for Ryan Tannehill. And this is the guy that just got the extension that you're all happy about. And it doesn't mean you have to like every little decision that they make. Obviously nobody likes the Isaiah Wilson thing, but quarterback's a pretty big deal. (laughs) And, and, you know, to me, it just, I've been saying it. We've been saying it. And look, things can change at a whim. All of a sudden the Packers could drive down their price for Aaron Rodgers for whatever reason. Um, Aaron Rodgers could throw a temper tantrum. Russell Wilson could say, I'm not playing for you, Seattle. Only trade me to Tennessee. Stuff like that could happen, right? I mean, like, all that can happen. But until that stuff happens, Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback. And he came out and said it. He's now said it a few times. He's also talking about building and getting wide receivers because the wide receivers they had last year Blew up in their face. Marcus Johnson sucks. Chester Rogers sucks. Nick Westbrook-Akine is okay. Des Fitzpatrick sucks. Racy McMath sucks. That's a lot of people that suck at one position. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about four, <laughs> at least four people. And spare me this Mason Kinsey's on the practice squad. If he can't make it to the active roster with the dog heap that they had, basically sunburnt, you know, bland, raw chicken been sitting out on the pavement are these wide receivers and golden tate and mason kinsey couldn't even beat out those guys they're not gonna beat out anybody that the titans bring in this year so spare me i don't know i got off on a wild tangent what are we talking about i have no idea they were still talking about chili i it's and again this is a very good piece talk about ben Hill. yeah great piece it's by a, ben arthur it's a very good piece by ben arthur at the tennessee and i gotta call that out because Honestly, the Tennessee has not put out a lot of good content. This is a fantastic sit down. It's it's well worth your time. But and and kudos to Ben for for driving on this question. 
you know, he basically asked him, look, I mean, do you have to reevaluate Ryan Tannehill? And it's just what you said. John Robinson said, I don't know how many more times to say this. The guy's our quarterback. He even then follows up with, you know, many, he's 34 years old. You know, he's not getting any younger. And Robinson gives him a nice detailed player about, hey, that's, you know, every player on our roster is getting older every year. Every, every NFL team is trying to get younger, cheaper, faster, that kind of thing. So he addresses all of this. But to lead into your point about what you were just talking about with the wide receivers, um, you know, Robinson discusses the fact that that's a position they're looking at and, you know, glad to see it, glad to hear it, because that's something that you and I have been discussing for the last couple of weeks about that's the part you got to address. So you get, get the Ryan Tannehill leaving the team and trading three first round picks for the next 19 years, you know, to bring in another quarterback. What you really need to do is bring in another piece in the coaching, which we're going to discuss in a minute as well, but focus on what you can put around Tannehill to make him more successful. Without mortgaging your future. Yes, without mortgaging your future. This is the reason why the owner of the team just extended Robinson is because she trusts that he's not going to give away the farm to try to win a Super Bowl immediately next year. That they they not- screw yourselves out of being able to win a Super Bowl for years right. on end again. Like, wouldn't you rather be competitive as a team and may and win a Super Bowl in a time frame instead of winning the Super Bowl in 2022 and then never sniff at it again? Because really, now that Tom Brady's gone for the Buccaneers, who are they going to be bringing in that can come in and take them to another Super Bowl? They mortgage it all for that one year. I mean, that's great and all, but what are they going to do from here? They're they're in cap hell. They have no quarterback. Yeah. They have an aging defense. They have uh, a bunch of. They have Chris Godwin coming up on um, for contract. No Gronk. No Antonio Brown. Uh, I, I just you know you look at that team. Yeah, that was great. But I would much rather be a team like the Chiefs or a team like the Bills who have built a good roster and have a good front office, a good coaching staff that can keep you competitive to have a shot every year, not just one year. And well, that's, and what, that's, that's what the Aaron Rodgers trade does, but we'll get into Aaron Rodgers in a minute. We're going to get to Aaron Rodgers in a minute. What specifically, and I don't, I'm not putting you on the spot too much, you know, shit up in front of you, but in the draft, free agency, do you feel like there? Let's start with free agency. Do you feel like there are going to be pieces out there available for the Titans to possibly pick up, or do they look to draft their way into this uh, wide receiver fix? I think they'll bring in. They'll probably bring back one or two of the wide receivers already on the roster, or that were on the roster at least for back end stuff, and they'll they'll probably get one in free agency. And at this point, the way I kind of read it, I just don't think that Des Fitzpatrick really is going to probably fit in their plans. And we've seen this team kind of just throw away draft picks that are these guys that just don't get it or can't do it. And I think they're gone. And I think that they'll probably do a little bit of both. Now, I don't know who they'll get or what they'll get or how much they'll get, because right now they're still in a little cat buying and we haven't seen the moves that they want to make before free agency opens, you know, contract extensions, all that kind of stuff. But there are, I think they'll address in both. And, you know, to get back to the Tannehill thing, just real quick, you know, I see all these people talking about, well, they said the same thing about Marcus. I mean, he, he said Marcus was the guy, dude, he was the guy for half the year until this team <laughs> fucking couldn't win games with him. And I know that they brought in Ryan Tannehill, but they got Ryan Tannehill for so cheap. The Dolphins paid for some of his money. He cost nothing. So, yeah, they brought in a backup. Who's that backup that they're bringing in for Ryan Tannehill? Teddy Bridgewater? Like, give me a break, guys. I mean, you might it just, there is no Ryan Tannehill out there. There's no 2019 Ryan Tannehill move to make to back up Ryan Tannehill for this year. And guess what? Outside of this last year, for two and a half, for a year and a half, when he has a healthy offense around him, Ryan Tannehill is one of the best quarterbacks in the regular season. So even if you bring in a Teddy Bridgewater, what are the chances that he's even going to see the field without an injury to Ryan Tannehill? Because Ryan Tannehill's better than Teddy Bridgewater. I, I just don't know what to tell these people. Like it's no common sense. They want to take an apple and a ribeye and say that they're the same thing. It is not the same thing. These situ- these situations in the NFL or situations you've seen are not the same thing. 
the Marcus situation and this Ryan Tannehill's current situation are not the same thing. I, I don't even know where to go with that because the premise you just threw out just angers me. It, it is, and I'll say this, Titans fans, you listen to this and try not to roll your eyes, but trying to fix what was wrong with Mariota is light years different than trying to fix what was wrong with Tannehill or what is wrong with Tannehill. Tannehill needs things to go a little bit better for him. He needs more cohesiveness with a wide receiver group, and he's got to find a way to not throw interceptions. That's easier to fix than a quarterback who literally could not stay healthy, could not stay on the field. And even when he was healthy and on the field, he was throwing balls at the feet of his receivers. So well, it, you're talking about a guy who had no desire to change anything about his off season, off season yes. habits for what's, the, what's whole the time infamous quote. In. What's the infamous quote when he was asked about, do, or is there anything you look to change in the off season? Yeah. Nah, nah, I'm not going to do says, anything. Nah, nah, I'll add not some change or something. Yeah. <laughs> he just had no answer for it. Oh God. I don't want to go back down that road. There is a road I do want to go down. Um, th- this whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Are you ready to talk about that? Well, we, I kind of like that, you know, our podcast recorded on Tuesday. And then I, I don't know exactly when Gerald Stillman broke the news that he was buying land, but Gerald Stillman of Stillman and Company on 102.5 on the on, I think they are on it from like two to six or something. But once again, it's Jared Stillman. 1025 of Stillman and Company. He's the host. It's an ESPN affiliate program. I just want to make sure that we we have said that Jared Stillman broke this news. I don't need anybody coming and tweeting at us that we did not get proper uh, sourcing. But Jared Stillman broke the news that he bought land and that there's some rumblings from sources that he also heard that, according to them, the Packers, I guess there's uh, a uh, tell game a telephone between his source and the Packers. They don't expect him. Players don't expect him back. So Jared Stillman, one Oh two five Stillman and company. You and I had a long discussion face to face about why this is so ridiculous to try to connect a purchase of property in Nashville to someone playing quarterback. I'm, I'm going to throw the first couple out there and not steal the whole thing from you, but Let's, let's just go. Let's say this. It is a, a sort of a story, a pertinent yes. sports story for Nashville. It is a pertinent sports story that someone, that a, a pending, a free agent, or not free agent, a quarterback that is unhappy with this team, that is more than likely looking to get traded, bought land. He's a figurehead. He's a celebrity for whatever purposes. He's an all-star, an MVP. It is very much a local news story and an important, it is not an important story, but it is a story. I think that they, that's the best way to put it. Yeah, for sure. Is it a sports story? Yeah. It's kind of like a lifestyle, you right. know, like Green it's, Hill soccer mom gossip at Whole Foods kind of story. Yeah, it's, it's a, uh, you know, NFL quarterback was cited at NBA with his children. Um, In case anyone remembers the Brady shit, but let's just walk through the basic logistics of this. Problem number one, it appears that he's bought a piece of property and not a home. The reason why that's important is because if he bought a piece of property to build a home on, you are not going to complete that house by the beginning of the NFL season. No No way. As someone who is desperately waiting for my new fucking place to finish building. Which is probably (laughs) at eight an eighth or a twelfth of the square footage that yes. uh, someone like Aaron Rodgers is going to build. Like, I, t- I mean, let's yeah, be honest. Is- We're talking twenty-four to thirty-six thousand square feet, probably ranch-style home in Brentwood, because it's on eighty-something acres, if I remember correctly. If any of you, and I know that there are listeners out there that are in the construction business, materials business, you know this. Materials have gotten a little bit better to acquire, but they're still not cheap. They're still hard to come by. I mean, there's literally still lumber companies that are going and picking up lumber directly off the trains as they come into Nashville. This is not an easy endeavor to undertake. It's not just Nashville. It's all over the country, but specifically in Middle Tennessee, it's pretty difficult to build a house right now. But, but it's, it's, more, it's more of this. This is what you and I were laughing about. It's a little, even for someone like Aaron Rodgers, it's a little presumptuous 
to just buy a piece of property and move to a place because you think you're getting a job. That's essentially like, I don't know, Zach and I moving to Bristol, Connecticut, because we're going to apply for a job at ESPN. I mean, you don't uproot your life first before you have the job. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Well, he's been living in LA. Okay. I mean, like for two or three years, he's been, his home primary residence has been in LA, not green Bay where he's been playing for the last two or three years. So what the fuck does this have to do with anything? Like it, it's it, Bill Belichick moved to Tennessee and has he lives out in Tennessee. Rob Ryan, Rex Ryan, they live in Tennessee. George Kittle, they live in Tennessee. Well, you know what all those guys have in common? They've <laughs> never been part of the Tennessee Titans organization. Like, I get it. People want to latch on to something, but you're totally right. Who buys property and moves down without having any kind of a job? to say, hey, I'm down here. I know I'm under contract with someone and I know you can't talk to me because that's tampering. And we just saw everything that went down with the Brian Flores thing about his owner pressure him to tamper and all this stuff. So that's definitely a hot button issue, you know, with all this. So you, I, I, I get it. Good, let me say something. People who hate on Jared Stillman for whatever reason, you know, that's their own prerogative. But let me say something about this story. The people, it, to me personally, it is a non-story. But as a podcast host, we're obviously talking about it, right? So it is a story. Good for him for generating this kind of content because it's, it's for the people who say, oh, well, you know, I don't like Stillman. I never listen to his show. Well, for the last week and a half, everybody's been talking about this particular fucking story because Jared Stillman broke it. Good for him. Yeah. And that's not another shot just to say, you know, Stillman, you know, broke a story. I'm just, I'm legit being serious. Everybody, for as much as everybody's dogging him, he legit broke a story that everybody's talked about. Listen, 24 hours after Mike came on this podcast last week and said that there is no way that Aaron Rodgers is coming to Tennessee, get it out of your heads. The, the day after this story broke, that morning after this story broke from Jared Stillman, he's in there going, well, I'm intrigued. It could happen. Like it's totally, is, it's just, it's the power of radio and the power of suggestion. When people want to hear this, they don't think about, okay, he bought land. Randall Cobb and Clay Matthews also bought land down here. They don't think about that. Um, his lady friend whose name always, always escapes me, but she eats clay and as um, a clay eater, she is a clay eater. She is good friends with Reese Witherspoon. So it makes sense that they're, you know, buying near here as well. I'm sure he, or she urged a little bit of this, you know, George Kittle lives down here. Like I said, I'm sure that they probably talked and, you know, here and there exchange texts. You got, um, also, Jay Cutler. Nobody talks about Jay Cutler. Him and him and Jay Cutler probably are pretty good friends behind the scenes. They have the same kind of viewpoint on life, and they have the same kind of personality. And don't forget, his brother, Jordan Rogers is down here, too. This is a great place to retire with no income tax. It is a growing population where you could still have your privacy out in the country somewhere and still be close to driving up into the city and enjoy, your, enjoy the downtown atmosphere. Yeah. It, this has nothing to do with the Tennessee Titans. It has so little him, his choice to move buy property and build has zero to do with the Tennessee Titans. And that's the point. Yeah. It, you're, you nailed all, all the pertinent points, which was my take on it is that it looks like to me that it's a quarterback that knows that he's going to be out of the league in the next either one to two years which coincides with the amount of time it's probably going to take to build that damn house. So I don't see this as a connection to the Titans, not to mention we just spent 15 minutes telling you that the GM laid it out. It's short of a face tattoo that Ryan Tannehill is his quarterback. I don't see that turning into a, we're going to suddenly start discussing Aaron Rodgers because all that, all that, it just doesn't, it doesn't add up. It's a fun story to discuss that he is potentially moving Tennessee. It, there's nothing to discuss with him having a connection to the team. This, this to me, 
screams, a couple moms out in the school parking lot talking about another mom's eating disorder. That's what this screams to me. This is just parking lot gossip, and that's all it is. It has nothing to do with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, what's the uh, what's the who's the quarterback for the Browns? Why am I blanking on his damn name right now? Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. It's the Baker Mayfield commercial where he's standing there watering the plants in front of the uh, stadium, and he says, "Oh, she bought a new car, but she can't donate to my charity." If Aaron Rodgers ends up coming here, it's not because he bought the house and the property. That that let me let me say that right now. It's because the Titans put together a package, regardless of where he was going to live for the rest of his life or for the foreseeable future. It has nothing to do with that. Shailene Woodley. Yeah, Shailene Woodley. I always want to say it. Haley Steinfeld, but I know that Haley Steinfeld is the, the lady from uh, Hawkeye. She's Lady Hawkeye. I mean, when this girl eats clay and hikes into the mountains to get her own mountain water, yeah. it's. Not much of a name to remember. I, so look, that's it. That That's the last time we're going to discuss Aaron Rodgers, unless he ends up on the team and puts a uniform on, and that's not going to happen. So we're not going to discuss Aaron Rodgers on the Titans anymore. We're unless there's some other damn gossip fucking story that gets dropped that, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers was spotted out at Robert's Western World, and he got up on stage. Then we'll probably have to talk about it again, because that's what goes for sports news in this fucking town. Yeah, it will. Uh, he'll be spotted downtown. He'll be spotted at a restaurant. Him and Kid Rock are going to be pissing off the side of a building, and it's going to make news. And someone's going to say, "Well, they're both peeing in the direction of the stadium." So, well, I mean, they say the quarterback. They sang "Picture" and Aaron Rodgers sang Cheryl Crow's part right with Kid Rock up on stage. So obviously, he's coming to the Tennessee Titans. I'm, I've been in the stage and seen Peyton Manning jump up and sing "Rocky Top." awful song but you know it just it, it this happens in this town it happens in this town yeah so that's enough i don't want to talk about him anymore would you like to move on yeah sure what are we, what are we talking about now what's, what's we're, next to, we're gonna talk about tim kelly because the, yes. the, the, the to me the exciting news out of this and you've got a very good article up at broadway um which we're gonna discuss in depth here but tim kelly is now a part of the tennessee titans and he's been brought in as a passing coordinator right? that correct? Right. So Chase McCabe at Chase on Game, also from 1025. 102.5 had a bang banger of a week. They had a bang up week. <laughs> I mean, good Lord. Uh, but his tweet says, per source, Tim Kelly will be given the title of senior offensive assistant slash passing game coordinator on Mike Vrabel's 2022 staff. Jay Fowler, uh, ESPN, reported that Titans were hiring Kelly yesterday. So Chase broke the news of the actual title, which when it was kind of a, this is big, right? I mean, like, I don't want to downplay what it was, but um, there was no firing of Todd Downing or any other staff to coincide with it. So you kind of knew that this was where it was going. I mean, this is, to me, I, I don't want to try to get too excited on February the 8th before we even viewed the Super Bowl. But this is best case scenario for me for the Titans going into a season where we know they're keeping Ryan Tannehill and we assume that they're going after wide receivers. This is the piece you need. I mean, if unless I'm incorrect and in reading through your article, I don't feel like I am. No, it's it's best case, best attainable scenario. Yes, I think. that's because that's, that's the best me. scenario would be to fire Todd Downing into a sun, let him <laughs> melt and then yes. give Tim Kelly full control. But that's that's OK. Uh, yeah. So woke, yeah. Well, I mean, where do you want to? Where do you want me to start? Do you want me to start on the passing game coordinator itself? Do you want me to talk about a little bit about you know? You you tell me. You you ask let's me. The yeah, let's talk. I'm a Tim what Kelly's a, a, a ologist, a Kellyologist. <laughs> I want the Kellyologist to tell me first and foremost what is a passing coordinator? Why why should Titans fans be excited about uh? a nameplate that you have not heard that a lot in the league in the last several years. Yeah. I want to say that I think Chris Richard was like the first guy. And I think it was in Dallas and, but I think he was a defensive pass game coordinator that really started. I started hearing that name. That was a long time ago. And if you want to get excited, I'm going to tell you some teams that have the a passing game coordinator, Rams, Packers, Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Chargers, and Seahawks. All teams that basically this fan base lusts itself, lusts over, you know, wanting this offense here in Tennessee, right? They want these modern offenses. Well, I just named a bunch that have them. 
And I've named a bunch that uh, actually lost their passing game coordinators to become offensive coordinators. So this is kind of a reversal. But if you're looking at all those those teams right there, that's a, some good company to be in. If I, if I'm th- looking at this through a prism of optimism, and I do have some negativity about Tim Kelly, but for what it's all worth, a passing game coordinator they basically do it. They coordinate the passing game. They do the the they organize everything from the concepts to personnel to formations. Basically, they get all of this designed and they put it all together for any and all in-game situations. That means that basically whatever you see called on Sunday in certain situations in the passing game, Tim Kelly is more than likely 90% going to have to take ownership of this passing game in the responsibility. It's a lot more clear of a direction than what Jim Schwartz was. So we know that the passing game improves and you see different concepts, different personnel, different formations, that is going to be the majority of the credit should be going to Tim Kelly. So I think a lot of people are going to point to you and say, hold up, 2019, 2020, you know, these Texans teams, were not, they're not good teams. And, and so help me dispel why you should overlook that or why that's not, that doesn't tell the whole tale. Well, it doesn't tell the whole tale because uh, contrary to popular belief, it takes roughly 53 people to to get your team ready. (laughs) Roughly. I mean, you're talking about offensive coordinators. You know, you're talking about your two coordinators, the the people that are active on game day, your head coach, including special teams. I mean, all this stuff, it, it, it takes a village to win a football game. So quarterback wins don't matter. And. Really, when you look at 2019, you got to throw that out the window because Tim Kelly was not even the play caller. He he was basically that offensive coordinator you see just kind of like, you know, just sitting there on the sidelines, you know, probably, you know, showing stuff on the iPad. Like he was a column plays in 2019. That was all Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien gave it up, the play calling duties after 2019. So in 2020, the... He got the play call duties, and Watson was excited. The clip's been circulating. He loves Tim Kelly. And what he liked most about having Tim Kelly call the plays was that throughout the week, Bill O'Brien, who was the de facto offensive coordinator, was barely in the quarterback room with Deshaun Watson game planning in 2019. You know who that sounds like? The the. 2020 Titans defense, right? Uh, the, the communication was the big key all through that season. Everybody complained about nobody knew who to go to. Nobody had anybody to talk to. Nobody had any kind of input. It was a confusing mess. Well, enter in 2020. Here comes um, Tim Kelly as your play caller. And Deshaun Watson had arguably his best year as a pro. And for what they had around him, no run game whatsoever. Deshaun Watson, if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers and them not, I guess, winning games because quarterback wins, am I right? Deshaun Watson should have been your MVP because, I mean, that guy that guy played lights out. So, and then if you point to 2021, the, tight, or the Texans built one of the worst and oldest rosters in NFL history. So spare 2021 might as well just be thrown out the window, even though he did do some good things. And there are takeaways from those two years of him as a play caller. But for the majority, if you're just box score scouting, I wouldn't even worry about 2021 because Tannehill, no matter if you want to admit it or not, is a lot closer to Watson's talent level than he is Davis Mills. How does this look for fans and myself? Because the first thing I think of is, what does this do to shake up play calling? Because Todd Downing and the play calling and something I've started to look at more film just myself over the last few weeks, which is very frustrating to do the play calling tendencies, inconsistencies, and really just the boring nature, you know, repetitive nature of it. How does bringing Tim Kelly in potentially change that or does it? Well, I think you're going to see a lot clearer, I guess, Basically, he's going to put Ryan Tannehill in a position to succeed. And that's really what, what Tannehill or uh, Downing really failed to do. 
you 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 look at what Tim Kelly did in 2019 or 2020, where he put Deshaun Watson, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Kiki Kuti, Randall Cobb, all these guys in a position to succeed. And the, basically, they would go vertical a lot. And I think that's you're going to see a more vertical passing attack. If you're looking for more play action, I'm not sure what Tim Kelly's actual play action philosophy is because Todd Downing's is you got to have a good run game to run play action. And Tim Kelly may be of that school of thought. Luckily, the Titans have a good run game. So, you know, I look at Tim Kelly's lack of play action usage usage with Deshaun Watson. You know, there is a reason for it. Lack of run game. Deshaun Watson was pressured 10% more on his dropbacks with play action. So the line wasn't holding up. And no run game. Line wasn't holding up. And that caused his efficiency on passing plays to drop uh, almost in half, almost cut in half compared to when they didn't use play action. And that same thing happened in 2021. When you have Rex Burkhead, nobody's scared if you run the ball, right? <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> it's just the state of the fact. So, you know, quite possibly play action just wasn't in their game plan. So I'm looking at more vertical passing game. I'm looking at maybe the same kind of play action situation. I'm looking for possibly a little bit more pre-snap motion. And, uh, oh, you're, you're laughing. Oh, what happened? I'm laughing because what I'm cognizant of every time I record is that we're going to do like a 90-second video clip, right? You're on this nice description, and I have to mute my mic to sneeze. Oh, <laughs> my back popped while I did it. And oh, I had no. this moment of pure fear of like, <laughs> am I, <laughs> am I about to have my whole neck seize up on camera? And that's the clip we're going to choose. <laughs> maybe I may, maybe have uh, no, chose that. I'm clip. sorry. I told that's okay. I was just, I, I didn't know if maybe there was some like good news <laughs> or something coming down. No, it was me having an existential crisis of, I think I just broke a vertebrae in my back. <laughs> But I think they're going to pass more earlier and often, which means I think this offense is going to do what we've been saying that they need to do, and that is run through A.J. Brown and run through a passing attack, and that's still going to allow Derrick Henry to eat, right? He's still going to get his. He's still going to be successful. It actually will probably allow him to be more successful if this team would pass more. But what's great about this you know we're talking about early down passing early and often we're talking about vertical passing we're talking about stuff getting ryan Tannehill on the move stuff that the titans fans have been clamoring for the analysts have been saying is what works stuff that brings you into the modern age to compete with kansas city to compete with the bills and these other teams is what tim kelly brings and that is that is important and it's also important, and it's the final point that I, I make in the article, but it's not the final point I'll make about Tim Kelly. Last week with Mike, we talked about the, the run game and the pass game not being able to work independently of each other. And that's a huge, huge flaw in this offensive system. Now you have a guy that has proven that his passing game works regardless of who the fuck they have running the ball for 2.6 yards per carry or whatever Burkhead and David Johnson and Philip Lindsay and those other freaking losers that were all basically all Alfred blues the last two seasons, the pass game still works and it works effectively. Yeah. And there, and the, you know, the point you hit on in the article about opening drive success, that was Something that drove personally drove me up the wall with the well, you may still this. continue to be going yeah. up the wall. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not expecting Tim Kelly to come in and change everything. And and but what I'm what I'm hoping to see is that the balance between Tim Kelly and Todd Downing leads to a more elaborate and better functioning passing offense. Because the opening drive success, as you laid out, absolutely abysmal in, in 2021. And something, if I'm not mistaken the texans were actually pretty good at and i mean we saw the texans in the second half of the last regular season game come out and i mean they were all over the field on the titans look they they had better opening drive success than the titans did now in 2020 
they had some of the worst. They had the worst in the NFL. They only had one touchdown in 2020 on opening drives, and that's with Deshaun Watson, which is has to, to be an anomaly. Yeah. But here's the difference, I think. And I think this makes a big difference when you're talking about these opening drives because it also talks about it plays in a part field position, right? When your field position is better, there's different play calls. When you are better on first down, your second down uh playbook and your plays open up a little bit more the titans average 16.2 yards per opening drive 16.2 per opening drive yards they were 30 or 20 yards better than the titans could you imagine how the games may have looked if they even got to 30 that margin of 36.4 you're talking about a team on opening drives that probably would have picked up a couple more touchdowns or probably would have opened up the playbook a little bit more early in the game. But they created these holes for themselves and then gave the defense or gave the opposing offense better field position because of where they're having to punt from compared to where the Texans punted from. So that 20-yard difference, I think, makes a lot of difference. And that is the only good thing I would I would say about the, the prospects of Tim Kelly coming over on the opening drive is that maybe those 20 yards make a lot of difference on how some of those games would have ended up earlier in the year. You think about the Jets game or you think about, uh, you know, uh, these close losses and stuff like that, that could make a difference. And hell, the Bengals game. I mean, if you're talking about if you opened up with 36 and and a half yards in that Bengals game instead of throwing a fucking interception, Ryan Tannehill, don't you think that game would have looked a lot different? That matters, and that's something that – now, obviously, that includes the run game, and, he, and as far as we know, he has no say in the run game whatsoever. But that kind of stuff matters in the NFL. Yards, if you don't score, field position matters, right? So putting the – making it harder on the other team to go down and score is a huge proponent of what I do like about Tim Kelly's you know, opening drive chances with this offense maybe two two wrongs make a right is what i say let's hope well and i I like the way you you ended in the article about you know i said right after the paraphrasing what you're saying i said right after the Bengals loss that if you need some hope to cling to there are two options for you in regards to this offense a healthy offense for everyone with more chemistry slash experience in the same system a new wide receiver three and or a tight end one or a healthy offseason for everyone with a better offensive system under Tim Kelly and a new wide receiver three tied in one. Does bringing Tim Kelly in at a passing coordinator, as opposed to just bringing him in as the OC, do you feel like that that fits option two? Yeah, I think it's as close as the option two as you're going to get, because really it's the passing game, right? The run game was fine. Uh, didn't really miss too much of a beat. There were a couple of games where it was atrocious and then fumbles cost us, but Run blocking was fine. Run running the ball, okay. Like I'm, I don't have any complaints with that. But this does change. This your offense is going to look. I wouldn't say drastically different, but it is going to look a little bit different. I think you'll see more eleven personnel. You, I think explosive pass plays will be back, and I think 2020 Ryan Tannehill will be back. And I know that none of this matters. If Tannehill and the Titans choke in the playoffs, it really doesn't matter. But the only way to get to the playoffs is if you're good in the regular season. And and Tannehill can be good with the right passing game and the right tools around him in the regular season. And that matters. I mean, you can't just plug in Teddy. I'm going back to Teddy Bridgewater, but you can't plug in Ryan Fitzpatrick or Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke into these pending free agents that are out there into this system and get the same result that you would have got last year. And and you, you got to make sure that you give Ryan Tannehill the best chance to succeed because he's the quarterback that's here. Tim Kelly does that a better wide receiver three does that and a better and a tight end one of course does that because my God, I don't want any of these tight ends back. Not, no. not well, a single one of them. And, not and a single it, one of them. And listen, Mike brought up, I think they'll bring in a Max Williams. Well, just shoot me in the fucking face with a shotgun because <laughs> Max Williams does nothing for this dude. <laughs> the article is called What to Expect from Tim Kelly. Uh, it is by Zach Lyons, and it's up at uh, Broadway Sports. Go check it out. It, it We really only touched on about 30% of that article. This is well worth your read. 
and it should give you an excitement and some hope as a Titans fan. I personally am a fan of this. I, I really am. I, I would ultimately like to see Todd down and go, but this hybrid system of, okay, the defense wasn't good. Shane Bowen stays, but we're bringing in someone in the background. Let's see if that works for this. And plus what's intriguing about this is Tim Kelly is in place with an actual job title, you know, early February, which is, if I'm not mistaken, when Schwartz was brought in, he was basically just like a special assistant or something really didn't define his title until later. Well, I'll say this. The, the offense will be fun to watch in the regular season. I make no promises what this offense will look like when it comes to the postseason. But during the regular season, it should be fun again to watch this offense. In fact, I think I will go and venture to say that I think it will be more fun to watch this offense in 2022 than it even was in 2020 and 2019 under Ryan Tannehill and Art Smith. I'm not saying it's better, just more fun. And if anybody that's listening that runs a radio station and needs a Kellyologist, I'm right here. A Kellyologist, I really like it's like it's like Scientology. It's Kellyology. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know all about Tim Kelly. That that anything pertinent. I don't care about if he was an assistant for, you know, St. Mary's College football in 1985. Only the pertinent information. Man, fans of the Raiders, fans of the NFL in Vegas keep pushing back on having an NFL team in Vegas is not a problem. Having NFL activities in Vegas is not a problem. And it, it's still it's a problem continues. for us. And we yeah. are we are old. <laughs> Like it's going to be a problem for young guys. Yeah. I, I cannot verbally discuss the things that I've done in Vegas and it's not even debauchery. It's just embarrassing stuff. Like waking up the next day and realize we used a conference table in a hotel room as a slip and slide. Sorry for the hotel that I won't mention that happened at, but Alvin Kamara, this is, this story was so crazy when it came out because I assumed like everyone else, okay, played in the pro bowl and went out to the club and got in trouble. No, he was in the club. He was in a club at Caesars Palace the night before the Pro Bowl, committed felony battery assault or felony ba battery. I believe that's the charge. It's a felony what he's charged with um, for attacking a gentleman in a club. He and his crew himself, Kamara, reportedly punched this gentleman eight to nine times. The crew that was with him then kicked this man on the ground 29 to 30 times and stomped on his head nine to 10 times. The gentleman was in the hospital with a broken orbital bone in your face, which by the way is in the, in the best case scenario, you have some pretty bad eyesight and surgeries that you have to go through. Worst case scenario can actually kill you because of the bleeding it can create in the front of your face. But there were pictures that were released today. Again, we, we recorded this on uh, Tuesday, the 8th. Um, the gentleman who was assaulted, it looks terrible. I mean, it looks off. If the video comes out, it's probably not going to be much better. What's intriguing about this, the, the couple of pieces that stand out to me is A, Kamara was approached by the police and arrested directly after the Pro Bowl. Pretty much on the field, almost, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Almost on the field. But B, it also came out today that the NFL let him play. The, the police department contract contacted the NFL. I haven't said, heard yep. that yet. Yeah. The, I just saw it on, on Reddit. It was, um, I'll have to pull back up the, the news story, but it's a, it's a reputable NFL um, reporter that, that was uh, reporting that actually it was on TMZ um, NFL and Vegas police allowed Alvin Kamara to play in the pro bowl before felony battery arrest. They basically approached the stadium at 11 AM notified the NFL that you have someone on the field. We want to question and or arrest. Um, and the NFL gave him permission along with the police to let him play and then deal with this after. So I don't know if the NFL told the coaching staff or the locker room or Kamara himself that you're going to play this game and then talk to the police, or if they just basically sprung it on him after. Um, and then you throw in the fact that he apparently waived his Miranda rights and spoke to the police without a lawyer, which is all another thing. Long story short, Alvin Kamara has fucked up and, and he's, fucked up in a bad way and they they absolutely kicked this guy's ass to the point where he could actually be looking at jail time if this goes down well he's definitely getting suspended i, I think yes. that's a foregone uh, conclusion you know the 
I, I don't, it, the picture itself looks bad. And if the, if the video for all intents and purposes is true, it's going to look even worse when the video comes out. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, is he should be treated like anybody else should be treated. You know, let's, let's be honest here. Will he probably not, you know, this guy, I'm sure his lawyers, uh, Kamara's lawyers will probably go behind the scenes. They'll work out a settlement. This guy, and you know, AK won't see any kind of jail time. And that, and that's, you know, that's fine. You know, that's how the system works, whether you agree with it or not. That's well within the person that he beat the shit out of. That's within their right to drop the case for money. Now, Goodell is, I mean, you're talking about a guy that was arrested during an NFL event in front of people and cameras at the end of an event. Now, if Goodell knew about it, that's even worse, and he's going to have to save face and drop the hammer even worse on uh, Alvin here because that's that's pretty much what you have to do if you're in that position. You can't just let him slide and let him play like nothing happened, especially with the photos and the videos that will eventually come out. It, you're going to have to. And, you know, th- this Vegas thing is a real issue. I mean, Damon Arnett, Henry Ruggs, it, like, it's just – I, Patrick Mahomes was high as a fucking kite, one of his pitchers, which is fine. I have no personal problems, but it's just if, you, if you're an image driven, you know, organization, Vegas is already turning into pretty much a shitstorm. And I don't know if you can ever take the Pro Bowl back there again. Or if you do take the Pro Bowl, then the players are going to be even more disinterested because you're probably going to have to have some kind of lockdown rule. Basically, Alvin ruined it for everybody. <laughs> like he's that kid that has ruined the field trip for everybody. You know, and that's what kind of sucks for the players themselves is that uh, there are, I don't know, like 50 other players that were there that weekend and they were, they all behaved and they're all going to get punished for it because they're probably never going to have the Pro Bowl. But they're probably going to have to go back to Hawaii again. Well, it, it made me think a couple of things, which was, um, I, I don't know how serious you could do this, but it almost makes me think of where teams started putting in contracts several years ago. I think Ben Roethlisberger may have been the like final reason for this. Kellen Winslow being the other was you can't ride motorcycles. You can't ride jet skis, you know, putting all these contingency clauses in your contract of you're not going to do extra dangerous shit and get yourself injured and can void your contract. I wonder how long it takes before teams starting to try to put things in contracts of you're not going to attend like extracurricular shit in Las Vegas, like during team travel or whatever it is. And again, I'm speaking out of my ass. I don't know how you word that, but I feel like Vegas is the type of place that, that NFL teams are going to have to start really worrying about players attending events like this. It's almost going to turn into like the NBA all-star game, right? The NBA collectively like holds their breath for the all-star game because all this crazy shit always goes down around the NBA all-star game. That's kind of what this reminds me of, but those those hardly ever ended in arrest. Like what is going on in the NFL in Vegas where these NFL players can't behave themselves when NBA players are behaving better than NFL players, that's wild to me because, I mean, you're right. You hear all these stories about the strip clubs, shenanigans, and all this stuff, and they're really yeah. kind of funny stories. Like, they're yeah. not – but you don't get that with the NFL. They they either are just too goody two-shoes, these players, or they're all, you know, just wild, going crazy and beating the shit out of people. What it the, – the other part, and this is from Reddit, which is where I got this. And it really did. I had to agree with this comment is um, a poster made the, the, the comment of this is another example of, you don't know these people, you don't know these athletes. You don't actually, what you see on the field, the smile you get when they go into the end zone and the, the 90 second interviews that they give, you know, 99% of which is fluff. That's not the person. I mean, I, I'm not trying to go and completely condemn the man for this incident, but it's an ugly incident. And it, 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 takes, it takes a pretty fucked up mindset to go from punching a person to 
punching someone repeatedly and then stomping on their head when they're on the ground. Now, obviously he didn't do the stomping, but he was with a group of people that did. But where I'm going with this is that you don't really know these pro athletes. I mean, the, the, the persona that you get on the field is different when they're in public and this kind of stuff could happen with anyone. And time and time again, you're starting to see that there are multiple NFL players out there that are, they don't know how to behave in public situations like this. And it can get out of hand pretty quickly. But let me say this. I'm going to give some two pieces of advice for everybody. If you're drunk and a celebrity is drunk, not just athletes, any kind of celebrity, and you go over there and you ask for an autograph or a picture and they say no, respect their wishes and walk away. Right. The second thing, and this goes back to what Alvin did by not asking for a lawyer, if you ever get arrested or confronted by a cop for anything, the first words out of your mouth, no matter what it is, no matter your level of innocence, is I want a lawyer. Lawyer, 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 lawyer. I yes. want a lawyer. You should not say anything. You should not do any kind of anything that is self-incriminatory other than just ask for a lawyer because that's the best way for you to protect yourself from saying something that you didn't mean to say that's going to come off and cause you a lot of heartache. It, it's just so much easier for you to just say lawyer. Yeah, I mean, from the simple fact that, again. Because it, not- Alvin thought he was doing a good thing, right? I mean, he went, he goes with the police, didn't put up a fight, and then he lies to the police who have yes. a video of the event. You know yes. what would have prevented you from looking like an idiot doing that? A lawyer. You can't. I mean, he already stuck his foot in his mouth by saying I, he thinks he threw one punch at the guy as he was running away. And then video evidence <laughs> basically said that he stood toe to toe with the guy, punch him. The police already have him in a lie. Uh, it, it, this it is not a good situation. in a casino, right? Like in it, a casino. I think it happened. There's a huge nightclub inside oh, okay. Caesars. It's pretty famous, infamous. This apparently happened at the elevator banks in front of that club as they were trying. Okay, to so I know what you're talking about. It's still in the casino, but there are cameras everywhere in a fucking casino. Yes. You're not getting away with anything. If you did something, you're not getting away with it. That's why you need a lawyer to help you get out of it. If you ever want to feel more creeped out, just take a look at the ceiling of a casino next time you're in one. You've never seen so many cameras in your life. I mean, it's it, it's only fans for everything you want to see. It's all over the place. But uh, this is not a good situation. It's not a good situation for the NFL. That's it's how embarrassing is that for the league to have the league contacted and say we want to arrest a player who's on the field right now. The league has to shuffle around to let him play so that they can do it after the game. The league's already dealing with this whole thing with the Washington fuck boys or whatever their name is now resurfacing from the 90th time. The, the email stuff with Gruden, which looked like it was thrown out there as bait to try to pull you off the Washington stuff. Not The NFL's not having a good year for looks, <laughs> for branding, and now having star players being continuously arrested, having problems in Vegas, not a good look for the league, not a good look at all. People get into drunk fights or get into fights all the time and stuff escalates like it did here. You know, Alvin's just unlucky that he's in the national spotlight and he's unlucky that this guy's pressing charges and he's famous because if he was just some random dude that did this, Man, he probably would have left Caesar's Palace and nobody would have ever seen him again. And that guy would have been like, I don't even know what who that guy was. But this guy right. knew it was Alvin. So, like, bad luck on Alvin. But also, you know, you got you to gotta be a little bit more. This is why they need that app that we were talking about. These athletes need that app that says, should I beat the shit out of someone? Or, hey, my blood alcohol is this much. No, no, please go to Please go home. Please go home. That's what the app would say. Please do not beat the shit out of this guy. I we can tell you're getting angry through your Fitbit. Your blood pressure is rising. Are you about to get into a fight? That's you're so right. And I will study what we talk about on the podcast because I swear to God, we're sitting on a billion dollar idea. Your Fitbit needs to tell your phone you look like you're about to make some terrible decisions. Your blood alcohol level is correct. Should I call you a cab? And the only answers on your screen are yes and yes. Yeah, that's what athletes need. And do we know what time this incident took place? It was very late, and I can't. I, I would have to try to pull it up, but it was. It, it was, was like two thirty, right? Two thirty in the morning. Let's see. We got in touch with an. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong article. It was about when they showed up to the stadium, but um, it was late at night. I'm not sure. I think it was 10 p.m. something like that. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't. Like oh, 6:30 local time. 
Oh, man, okay. Was early. So, damn, he was fucking whipping ass before dinner. Wow. Like, my God, son. Yeah, yeah. That, whatever. It just NFL, the NFL in Vegas. I, I don't know. You got a bunch. Oh my of- God! No, it's six thirty in the morning. This, this dude was up all night. So hours before the twenty twenty two Pro Bowl, the twenty six year old running back was at the Cromwell Casino at Dre's After Dark Club in Las Vegas, according to the victim Darnell Green. The battery took place around six thirty local time. So either he was on his way or he never got any sleep. Ridiculous! This is what a ridiculous time to for that to happen. Six thirty in the morning. I'm close with this thought. Someone in the same NFL thread talking about, okay, if you're going to, if you're going to throw out that the NFL can't behave in Vegas, then how do you explain hockey in Vegas? And someone responded, they're just, they're just staying in their condo doing a bunch of blow like a rich Canadian really would. (laughs) It just, it's, it's not a good look. There's so many things wrong with this scene, but first and foremost, it's that young, wealthy, rich people running amok in vegas that's uh it's a recipe for disaster that's that city will eat you alive and spit you out so good luck with that kamara and he could be Man. he could be suspended for the whole year like, I, I, I'm not, I, I at least six games but it could be all all year if the video if the video is bad and i promise you tmz is like tearing someone's door off the hinges right now to get their hands on it it'll probably be out in the next couple of days uh, if the video is bad, it, it it could add, it could be the difference between a, a two game, four game suspension to a whole season. It absolutely could be. Um, we have given the people an hour and five minutes of content when I really it thought adds. this was going to be like a 45 minute podcast. So I did too. hope you're happy. We are officially in off season people. So um, we are going to bring it to you every week. We're not going to be lazy and talk about bullshit. I promise you, I'm not going to spend the next three months nonstop talking about draft assumption because I personally can't handle that. We are absolutely going to talk about draft when it's appropriate and when we feel like it's time to talk about it. We're not going to beat it into your head for the next few months, but rest assured you're in good hands with us. It's football and other F words. We thank you for tuning in as always. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, share with people, and let them know that you listen to us and share it with others. Um, that's all we got. I was going to say something else and I completely forgot, but it's football and other F words. And you've just been out. A Broadway Sports Media Production.